Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all of them, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 133. So I'm recording this on June 3rd, 2021. And if you are an avid listener of the podcast, or maybe you're even new, you may have noticed that this is the second episode that has gone live this week, which is really different for me. I typically always record on Mondays and post on Mondays or Tuesdays. And so this week, this will be the first week in a long time that I've actually added a bonus episode for the week. And I'm going to be honest with you. The reason I'm doing this is because I want to let you know about a free workshop I'm doing next week. And I wanted to get you the information as soon as possible, because the workshop is going to be an opportunity for you to learn some really great information. And I'm also going to be kicking off a brand new format that I'll tell you about in a moment. The topic is effective yoga cues. And right now I'm hearing more and more from teachers that they're getting back into teaching. And so this particular topic is really, really timely. In fact, when I sent out a notice uh, today via email to my VIP mailing list, my mom, who's on my mailing list, wrote me back and she said, this is so timely that you're doing this. Uh, this workshop, because I bet a lot of teachers are getting back into teaching now since the pandemic is winding down and they're probably looking for this information. Now I can tell you, my mom's not a yoga teacher, but I thought it was pretty cool that she picked up on that. And so shout out to mom. (laughs) Um, So this topic in the workshop is just that it's how to give effective yoga cues. Now for today, what I wanted to do is go into a little bit of deciphering for five cues that you either may have heard, maybe they're even cues that you're using and give you the breakdown from an anatomical perspective of what I like to call the why behind the cue. And this is a really important um, piece of information because let's face it, if, um, if you're out there sharing information via the cues that you use, but you're not really sure of the why behind it, then it's really difficult to share that cue confidently. And so what we're gonna do you know, here is I'm gonna share with you the why. And at least for these cues, it's gonna give you a way that you can share the information with the 
you know, requisite knowledge behind it. And you can see how it really can change your presentation of that cue. Additionally, when you do that, when you really know the why behind the cue, it gives you the freedom to be able to change up how you say it. So you're not constantly saying your cues in the same way, which over time, the words just kind of lose their meaning because your students are hearing you say the same thing over and over and over again. So let me start out by telling you about next week's free workshop. It's a workshop, as I said, on how to give effective yoga cues. And the workshop is next Wednesday, June 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. To sign up for the workshop, all you have to do is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you'll see the post and the link is right there. Now I'm gonna tell you for the first time ever, I am running a special incentive to get teachers to show up live and in person to this free workshop. And so for every one of you who comes to the workshop live, you are going to get one of my mini courses on anatomy that is priced at $95 for free. Also, Everyone who attends the workshop live, I'm going to be doing a book raffle with, I've written several books on yoga and three teachers will win one of my books. And so when you go to the registration page, you'll not only see obviously the date and the time, you'll also see notes included about these two additional incentives to get you to this event live for it because let's face it when you show up to events live it gives you the best opportunity to learn now of course i understand that 6 p.m eastern time in your neck of the woods might not be a time that works for you and that's okay you can certainly watch the recording i'm happy to provide you with that however for teachers who are able to attend and who are motivated to attend live you are going to get that $95 course for free. And you'll also be entered into the raffle to potentially win one of my books on yoga for free. Now, everybody that comes, that signs up to the workshop, whether you're there live or you watch the recording, everyone's gonna get my sequence building template for free as well. This is my most popular download uh, resource, downloaded resource by far. It's going to give you a systematic way to build sequences. So you no longer need to be starting from ground zero and spending all sorts of time before your classes preparing and writing out in long form the sequence you're going to teach. So just to remind you, we're talking about Wednesday, June 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. To sign up, just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com, and the link is on the events page. As a backup, if you don't see it, or right now you're walking around or driving around, just send me a direct message on Instagram, and I'll send you the link to register. So let's get into today's conversation. I'm going to talk about, as I said, five different yoga cues, and I'll explain a little bit about the why behind them. So the first cue is, Imagine you're teaching warrior one and you say to your students, keep your front knee over your heel and keep your kneecap centered. Now, why would we care about keeping the kneecap centered? Well, when you think about 
uh, if you've never thought about this, or maybe you have, or maybe you're not 100% familiar with it, the structure of the knee itself, the patella or the kneecap is anchored in place and supported by the knee capsule. The knee capsule is essentially a sleeve and the knee itself is filled with synovial fluid. There are a number of ligaments and tendons that support the joint, both on the lateral and posterior aspect and anterior aspect of the joint. In order to keep all of these joint structures healthy and with the right amount of tension to keep the patella in place, it's important that the knee tracks in a centered way when the knee is moving in the sagittal plane and the sagittal plane divides the body into a left and a right. So when you're bending your knee in warrior one, you're moving in the sagittal plane. If you were to be in a yogi squat, you'd be working in the transverse plane. And in that scenario, the knee is definitely tracking laterally or to the side. But that's because in that scenario, the knee is following what's happening above it i.e. at the hip. And when you're doing a yogi squat, your hip is in external rotation, your knee is just gonna follow along. However, when you're in warrior one and the student steps their right foot forward, they're moving that front leg, that right leg in the sagittal plane, and we want the kneecap to track in a centered way. That also holds for warrior two. So to those of you out there that are teaching transitions like warrior one directly to warrior two, be careful and watch your students as they move from warrior one front facing to rotating their upper body side to the side, because oftentimes the kneecap will begin to track laterally as it follows the direction and movement of the torso. So that would be an important time to say to uh, students, keep your kneecap straight ahead. And so the genesis of that is all around keeping those structural supports for the knee healthy in terms of just the right amount of tautness, not too loose, not too tight in order to keep the patella centered uh, uh, in the knee structure itself. So that's number one. Cue number two, imagine you're teaching bridge and you say to people, squeeze around your sitting bones. Now the proper name for the sitting bones are the ischial tuberosities and they're at the base of the pelvis. So both pelvic bones have their own ischial tuberosity. And when you sit in boat pose or do boat pose, you are balancing in part on your sitting bones. Now you probably never say ischial tuberosities, but I'm just telling you that's what the technical term is for them. Please don't call them sits bones, S-I-T-Z. I don't know what that is. I don't know how that started. Um, Sitting bones is you know, typically what people would say. Now, this idea of squeezing around your sitting bones comes into play because of the action that's happening in bridge. So in bridge pose, if we start with the joint action, we're looking at hip extension. If we, if we start with the joint action of the hips, not shoulders. Uh, we're looking at hip extension. If we then say, well, what is the primary muscle of hip extension? The primary muscle of hip extension is the gluteus maximus, not the glutes, not the glute med, not the glute medius, not the glute min, not the glute minimus, the gluteus maximus. 
primary muscle of hip extension. Now, the origin and insertion of the glute max is pretty broad because it literally covers the whole back of each hip. However, it does touch upon the sitting bones. And so when we have a part of bone that is in part the insertion of the muscle, if we, in explaining to students, squeeze around your sitting bones, essentially what we're asking them to do is engage that muscle, create a concentric contraction. And what better action to ask them to do than to engage the muscle concentrically that is the prime mover of hip extension, which is the major hip joint action of bridge pose. So I want you to see how that all fits together neatly. And you know, knowing that information gives you a whole bunch of possibilities around how to share it with your students, rather than just remembering this rote kind of thing of, okay, for bridge pose, I say squeeze around the sitting bones. That's not effective, right? That's not effective yoga cueing. If someone comes up to you after class and says, hey, why did you ask us to do that? I've never heard that before. What are you going to say? You're going to say, well, that's what I was told to say, or that's what I was taught to say not good enough, right? We as teachers need to be in integrity when we're giving cues and ensure that we know what we're talking about. If we don't, don't use that cue. You have plenty of action cues that you can share where you will definitely know why you are saying to do a certain thing and you won't get stuck in that position of not understanding the cue you're sharing. So that's number two. Number three, squeeze your shoulder blades together to open the front line of the body. Like how many times have you heard this? But what the heck are we really talking about here? So when we ask people to squeeze the shoulder blades together, we're asking them to bring their scapula into adduction. Adduction is movement closer to the midline. Now I want you to really, really, really note that shoulders and scapula move differently. Some of the movements are the same. Of course, they are proximal to each other nearby. However, movements of the scapula are distinct. We have abduction, adduction, elevation, depression, upward and downward rotation. Movement of the shoulder joint, we have flexion, extension, abduction, adduction, internal and external rotation. When we ask people to squeeze their shoulder blades together, we're asking them to adduct their scapula. Now, if we add on the tagline to open the front line of the body, what we're now describing is the relationship between an agonist and an antagonist. When an agonistic muscle acts as the prime mover, the antagonistic muscle has to relax and in fact does relax uh, to allow the prime mover to do its thing. So when we ask people to squeeze their shoulder blades together, in other words, adduct their scapula, we're asking them to turn on their rhomboids and their middle trapezius to do that. When those two muscles collaborate, i.e. they're synergists, to create scapular adduction, the allowing of that movement comes from the muscles of internal rotation of the shoulder, which are pectoralis minor, pectoralis major, and subscapularis, which is part of the rotator cuff. So imagine it's like you've got the front allowing the back to contract. And then if you had people do cat pose, you would have the back allowing the front to contract. 
So this kind of symbiotic relationship between muscles that are near each other, one on the posterior, one on the anterior, is a wonderful way to theme your yoga classes. And in this particular cue, you can now see why contracting in the back allows lengthening in the front because rhomboids and middle traps are concentrically contracting, pectoralis minor and major are eccentrically lengthening. Okay, so number four. Sometimes you might hear or you might cue people in tree to slightly bend the standing knee of the standing leg. So sometimes people call it a micro bend. What are we really thinking about here? What's really behind that, that cautionary thing? Hey, don't, you know, slightly bend your knee. Well, whenever we're asking somebody where the leg is straight to slightly bend it, we're asking them to take it from, from extension into some flexion. We're asking them to somewhat flex the knee. And so now we're saying, you know, hey, don't completely straighten your leg, slightly bend your knee. And so what happens? What are we trying to prevent? Well, what we're trying to prevent is too much extension, aka hyperextension. And why do we care about that? Well, when we hyperextend, in this case, the standing knee in this pose, tree pose, we are essentially having all our weight on one leg, which is now sometimes called locked out. Now, is this an awful thing? You know, for any particular person in any point in time in any class, probably not. Over time, it's probably not such a great thing to do because now we're leveraging the joint for stability versus leveraging the muscular supports of that joint. And I want you to keep in mind, none of these things are things that in isolation are highly problematic. Movements are not problematic. It's oftentimes a number of other factors, like how often are you doing this movement? What's the overall conditioning of the student? Are there alternatives being provided that are allowing them to strengthen other muscles? You know, all of those things come into play. If we just look at it though, just straight on in isolation, the issue that comes to mind here is don't make your leg super straight, which is essentially what hyperextension is. Hyperextension has a tendency to create more of a, you know, bone to bone type relationship. And so that in and of itself over time can create a little bit of wear and tear. Um, the, the request to slightly bend the leg essentially contracts the hamstring somewhat and allows the student to get more into the sensation of the muscle supporting the joint rather than the joint being what's holding the pose in place. Uh, and then the last one is, I want you to imagine you're teaching people uh, triangle pose. They've got their right foot forward and their uh, left foot flat, uh, left foot back. And you say to them in triangle pose, uh, direct your right sitting bone toward your back heel. So why are we saying that? What's, what are we trying to get them to do here? So um, again, imagine you're teaching people triangle pose. They have their right foot forward. What's going on in that right leg? Well, they have knee extension because the leg is straight and they also have hip flexion and they also have hip external rotation hip external rotation. 
And as they, because they are in hip external rotation, the cue to direct the sitting bone towards the back heel is to facilitate more of that, more external rotation. Um, you'll notice it if you right now are able to stand in uh, triangle pose with your right foot forward. If you slightly bend your right knee and let your uh, right knee fall inward, you'll notice your right sitting bone sticks out. If you keep the knee slightly bent and then tuck your right sitting bone under and direct it towards your back heel as you straighten your leg, you'll notice your right hip starts to quote unquote open up or externally rotate more. So essentially that cue is asking the student to do more of part of the joint action of the right leg, which in this case, what we're talking about is hip external rotation. So I want you to see how I pieced all of that together and how it's a clear path back. It's reverse engineering from the cue I said to the anatomy logic behind it. And this is um, really, really helpful for yoga teachers to be able to do. It's a way for you to not only test your knowledge, it's a way for you to ensure that you're using a cue that you can explain. It's a way for you to effectively provide anatomy-based cues because you know the logic behind it. And so that gives you so much more freedom as to what you're actually gonna say. You don't have to constantly say the same thing over and over again. So ultimately for the teacher, that provides the teacher with much more confidence around the cues that they're providing. So I would love to know what you think about these particular examples. I'd also love for you to share any examples with me that you have of things that you want to know more about when you come to my workshop. So to wrap up this mini bonus episode for this week, I'm going to just remind you again, next week, on Wednesday, June 9th at 6 p.m. Eastern time, I am hosting a free workshop. The topic is how to give effective yoga cues. When you sign up by just going to my website events page, barebonesyoga.com, everyone who signs up will receive my sequence building template for free. And everyone who attends the workshop live only those who attend live will receive one of my existing online yoga courses on anatomy that's priced at $95 for free. You will also be entered when you attend live to win one of three of my books that uh, will go out to, by raffle, three teachers uh, who attend the workshop live and in person. So I want to thank you so, so much for joining this bonus episode this week of my podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. As always, if you have any questions, just send me a direct message on Instagram, or you can just email me, karen at barebonesyoga.com. I appreciate your time. I so appreciate your support of the podcast and your joining in. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week with a brand new episode. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and I just want to remind you, if you would like to get on the wait list for my two premier programs, the Blueprint Learning Program and my mentorship program, all you need to do is visit my website, 
barebonesyoga.com and the links to get on the wait list for both of these programs are right on the homepage. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.